Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. The year of the coach continues. Ian Rappaport reporting. Looking to keep Jameis Winston in 2020. Even if it doesn't end well. And it, it, it still very well might not end well. The year of the coach continues. Because I uh, Jameis Winston has talent. We've all known he's had talent. And I remember I, I got worked into a shoot about it. Oh, God. The, 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 the time right before he got drafted. I made so big of a deal about, well, you know, this thing where he's standing up on the table in the studio, the whole thing, and I I got worked up about it. I go, man, the team's not going to take him. Still gets taken number one overall. Still an immense talent. Still started out so strongly. And then as teams figure you out, it takes you a minute to work through. You see in 2019 just exactly what he's able to do, and he still throws a ton of interceptions, makes a ton of mistakes, but he also still gets the most out of the wide receiving core he has. Rashad Perryman will be his number one wide receiver this coming weekend because, or I should say today, because of what's happened with Chris Godwin as well as Mike Evans. This is a huge thing for Jameis Winston, but it's a bigger thing, I think, for coaching in 2019. You look across this league, and I know that lots of good football people, lots of good football fans go, Ken, it's always about the coaching. It is, but we've always tried to to relegate it to something different because Coaches have become so interchangeable, we now focus on quarterbacks. And we we automatically go, hey, you know, you got a great quarterback. What's really a coach? What's really a coach if you got a great quarterback? And now we see it a little bit different because guys have to start earlier than they've ever had to start in their lives. Over the last decade, you start right now, you start right now, you start right now. And it was easier to do when they were coming out of pro-style systems. Now you're seeing guys come out of spread systems. You're seeing guys who look at the sidelines, get the signal. It takes a minute to get acclimated to, I hear it in my helmet, 15 seconds to go. The switch shuts off, and you better know your stuff or you're going to be lost. And I think that's part of what's hurt some of the other quarterbacks and some of the new quarterbacks even this coming year. So coaching now in the NFL becomes more important than ever. And I got to say, and I know that they're not that great overall. Their defense has been a sieve at times, but they've won four in a row. This season has finished off very nicely for Tampa Bay. You get that difference. I thought Arians, honestly, was full of it last year. I, I He was saying the things about Cleveland. I go, I think this guy just wants to coach. I think he just wants to coach and he'll coach anywhere. And I was proven right. He went to Tampa Bay. And that seemed like that was going to be a horrific situation for everybody. They're in a, they're in a rebuild again mode. You got to know what you're doing, though. And Bruce Arians, an experienced coach, obviously in his 60s, knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. And you just look up and down this league. Look at what guys have done with some of these quarterbacks out there, with some of these teams out there. And you see it on both sides. Really, really good. Really, really great coaching jobs and bad coaching jobs. Miami, a few weeks ago, the team I cover mostly, 
gets ready to play the Dolphins. 21 guys on that roster are undrafted. There was nobody on that starting defense that week just a month ago. There were nobody on that starting defense who had played snaps for them in the 2018 season. Miami set out to lose every single game they possibly could this year. Ryan Flores has done a great job. You see in that same division with the Buffalo Bills at 10-4, and four, Sean McDermott, his staff, they've done a wonderful job. If you listen to the show with every, any regularity, you understand that if Jim, if John Harbaugh wore compression shorts, I'd have them down my throat right now because I'm that big of a fan of John Harbaugh. Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. You know, there were, everybody in Pittsburgh, and I want to bring this up even more later on in the show, everybody in Pittsburgh seemed to want Mike Tomlin fired, including the Pony Master, even though he won't admit it now. You go ask Pony Express the same time slot tomorrow. Is Pony on, Tom, tomorrow? No, he's not, but he'll be back soon. He'll be back When's after the Pony going to be? After Whenever, week 17, he'll be back. After week 17, when the Pony returns, call him out on it because he waged a war on the Pittsburgh Steelers to try to get Mike Tomlin fired. They're 8-6. and six, Their back's against the wall. That Duck Hodges starting. Mason Rudolph, a third-round pick, who they all thought was the heir apparent of Ben Roethlisberger, was completely lost. That's good culture. That's good coaching. Credit where it's due. You see in that same division, Cleveland, all this talent, no consistency, no leadership, guys quitting on the coach. You have a guy who was everybody's best friend before. Now he's trying to establish some discipline. They ain't going to listen. And tomorrow could be a bloodbath for them. I mean, up and down the league, the year of the coach, how great these guys have done. And there's another example when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 7-7 seven and seven for Tampa Bay, that's a nice season for them. And it, I think it would give a Buccaneers fan a lot of excitement and, a, and something to look forward to for their future, hopefully for their future, when you look forward to the 2020 campaign. Help out the defense a little bit. Always helping out the offensive line. Always trying to, especially when you're keeping the quarterback, you got to always pay attention to the offensive line, take care of that. Offensively, healthy Chris Godwin, healthy Mike Evans. I know they had trouble finding the tight end earlier this season. You're just seeing the difference in this. Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy Garoppolo's had some really great games. He really has. He hasn't had to go crazy. Kyle Shanahan schemes him. John Lynch drafts him. He trades for him. They they pick him up in free agency. Kyle Shanahan makes him work. It's a remarkable job. And it's so refreshing because there's plenty of people who are football fans out there who have probably been bothered, like really strong insider football fans. It's become such a cottage industry of the biggest sport that we talk about. And there's so many guys going, man, we don't pay attention to the coaches. We don't pay attention to how important the coaching is. This year shows you just how freaking important coaching is. Josh McDaniels, a candidate again for other jobs, a candidate again depending on whatever the Patriots do. I look at 42-year-old Tom Brady. Can't really load up the way he used to. They're still just a three-loss football team, and people keep bringing up, well, gosh, what's wrong with the offense? What keeps going on with the offense? I I think Josh McDaniels is coaching his ass off right now. Bill Belichick is coaching his ass off right now. And, yeah, they might have some tape to help him. I got to admit that. Speaking of the Patriots, today is an exceptional day. Now, I always hope because they're good, strong fans. And, in fact, I want to give you – I want to give you a snippet here because I always find myself hoping for the Buffalo Bills because from where I'm from, it's almost a mirror image. I really like those people. They're really nice people, and I want what's best for them. They've been through a ton. They've thrown their lot in with the likes of J.P. Losman and 
and, and, and Rob Johnson and all the other quarterbacks out there. They've had their heart broken. I want to take you back to 1993. January of 93. Third time supposedly a charm for the Buffalo Bills. And here is Bills, not at the time known super fan, Mark Miller in 1993 as the Bills get set to take on the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Go. We're the Dallas Cowboys, and we're the Bills. And I can't wait to rub this in his face. He's been telling us this for over 10 years about Dallas. No, it's the Bills. Charm. Dallas is going down, Gary. Only Buffalo is going to win it. Dallas is going down. Chilling. That was 26 years ago. Here is that same fan earlier this week as of December 2019. Hit it. All right, Bills fans. It's time! And this is what it's time for! This message is all about time! Let's talk about who we're playing Saturday. We're playing the dreaded New England Patriots. Well, I got a message for all of you Patriot fans out there. But mostly, this is for Brady. Are you ready? This is an hourglass! And you know why I got an hourglass, Brady? Because time is running out, baby. We're going to take this division title all the way. Time is running out. Yeah! Okay, he was running out of breath there at the end. There's a reason I do this. There's still passion there. There's still passion. There's still love. There's still excitement. There's still exuberance. There's all all the other verbs I can think of. There's still those things. Like my dad is a Dolphins fan. My dad, and I look at Bills fans, Browns fans, Dolphins fans, they're all in that same category. They at one time had a great quarterback. Since then, they've been searching for quarterbacks. They're out there on, on, on their own little islands looking for something to come in to feast on to give them hope. It's, it's, it's Gilligan's Island on three different islands. And the Dolphins thought they've had him, and the Browns have thought they've had him, and the Bills have thought they've had him, and I don't even know what Josh Allen really is yet. I don't even know if Josh Allen knows what Josh Allen is yet. Still way too early, but he's being taken care of by Sean McDermott. And I look at the Bills fan, and I look at a guy like, like Mark Miller, who over these years were my father, who's probably the same age as Mark. And my father acted the exact same way, even though he looks like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons with a mustache, kind of a Hulk Hogan without the steroids, allegedly. My father used to react the exact same way. Pete Stoyanovich, Dan Marino, Brian Cox, love the double birds to Ralph Wilson Stadium. I'm going with this. And then over time, you look more towards the team and go, when are you going to get your head out of your ass? Because those players go away. And over time, you try to change. You throw your lot into other coaches. You throw your lot into other players. And it just goes away. And then life takes over. And you get a little bit older. And you you get a little bit more mellow. And maybe you get a little bit more cynic. You become a little bit more of a cynic. Things change. And so my father, while still a Dolphins fan, is not 
anywhere near where he was. And I know a lot of Browns fans like that. There's a lot of guys who maybe they come to the tailgates once a year and it's always, hey, this is my buddy's dad, this is my dad, and they're always really nice guys. And maybe they got a cocktail in their hand, but they're not really going crazy. They're like, oh, yeah, it's the first game I've been to and uh, yeah, I wanted to get it in before it gets cold because, you know, I, I got other things I got to do. Oh, yeah, still support the Browns, but yeah, you know, still like that. Then you got a guy like you got a guy like Mark Miller. Twenty six years later, that guy's a grown man, more than likely with kids. Then you see the face on that guy, the 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 mustache, the hair, and none of it's changed in twenty six years. And he's still passionate, and he's still excited, and he still has his Jim Kelly jersey on, and he still believes. Today's your day, Buffalo. I'm pulling for you today. I know I usually pull go Darth Vader. I usually pull for 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 the bad guy in this situation because I respect and admire Tom Brady so much. I love Tom Brady so much. I've been a fanboy for Tom Brady. I'll admit it. And even through this whole filming thing, I go, yeah, you still can't beat Bill Belichick, and it's not like he can vacate championships anyway, so everybody else can go pound sand. But today is your day because more than likely, as the as the Patriots finish out their season they will still be a division champion again for like the umpteenth year. But today's your day to prove yourself. You're in the playoffs. Your fans celebrated. They saw you come home from, from, from Pittsburgh last week. They were at the airport. They were breaking tables at 2 a.m. to see you back. They're as excited as they possibly be. Today might not just be that day where you can vie for a divisional crown, where you can go for something like that. Today isn't just that. It's possibly a message. I can't call it a coronation. That would be asinine of me. There's still playoffs. There's still other things that needs to be accomplished. But today could send a clear-cut message. Respect is there. Coaching is there. Play is there. Your fan base is there. The excitement is there. America's pulling for you. I would have played the Electric Company song, except it has too much about O.J. Simpson, and I don't know if you really want to be connected to that era anymore, so I'm just going to talk to you one-on-one, Buffalo. Today's your day. Four o'clock this afternoon, in the words of the great Marv Levy, where else would you rather be than right here, right now, sending a message not only to the rest of the AFC, not only a message to the rest of the division, not only a message to the rest of all those Patriots fans who laughed in your face, and the rest of all of us. Because you took the wild man out of Wyoming. You took the quiet guy that they call Lil Red while he was an assistant coach in the NFL as your head coach. Because before you had a loudmouth talking goofball in Rex Ryan, who is basically the football coach equivalent of me. Now you have real, pure, strong football. Not a message to any one of those. A message to the world of football. That you're here, and you're ready for the 2019 playoffs, and you're ready for the future. That it doesn't go through Miami, and it sure as hell doesn't go through East Rutherford, and very, very soon, it's not going through Foxborough anymore. It goes through Buffalo, New York or Orchard Park, or West Seneca, or Hamburg, or throughout all the little hamlets of Buffalo. It's time to circle the wagons yet again. It is your time to shine. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. Folks, there's great news. You could save a ton of money when switching to car, switching your car insurance to Geico. 
I'm dead ass about that. You go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. That's a ton of money. If you make the switch right now, imagine what you'll save on Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa gifts in the, the 2020 holiday season. Think about that for just a moment. Tell me I'm not right about that. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Coming up at high noon Eastern, if I can find the sheet here, because i got a lot of stuff. Here it is on it. John Breach, CBS Sports NFL writer. We'll talk to him about this coming week. There's a great slate of games later on today. Also, Sean Hyken, one of our favorite guests, Bleacher Report NBA writer. He comes up at 1 p.m. Eastern. We do five burning questions a little early today at 1120 a.m. Eastern. And at 1240 p.m. Eastern, I want you to hear me out. I have crackpot theory after crackpot theory. And one of them is a midseason tournament. They talk about it. I think there's a way that we can get two birds stoned at once. I think there's a way, stick with me, where we can have our midseason tournament in the NBA. You can end up playing less games, still make money, and, and eliminate tanking. I know. So I don't think there's any reason to leave the radio over the next two hours. 855-2124-CBS. I'm obviously on Buffalo today. I I do think that the Patriots are going to end up winning. I wonder how big this game is if it's too big for Buffalo. But I I have to admit, I'm a sucker for an underdog a little bit, and I'm a sucker for a strong fan base. Why I like Buffalo so much, it it seems to be, and there's probably Buffalo fans who disagree, whatever, because there's always going to be a cynical group out there. There are certain fan bases in the NFL that I will have an affinity for because it's not it's it's not a just show up, win, and we'll be there, and that's it. it. It takes a college atmosphere. Kansas City can have a college atmosphere, and there's times where people don't go to Kansas City games. There's been times where we've seen some empty seats over at a New Era Field in the, in the past. I get that. But there's also a feeling of, it's our city. It's our representation. This is our big thing. This is what brings us together. We have a lot of problems with one another, but what brings us together are the red, white, and blue, the orange and brown, the red, the yellow, and the white, like those type of things. I like that atmosphere. So there are certain, I'll admit to you, there are certain teams in the NFL that I will put in a jar, and they're just, they're my, they're my nice little thing that I like to keep up on a shelf that I, I like them more than the others. I just enjoy them more than the others. Like the Chargers, the Chargers I don't like. The Bills, the Bills I like. They're fun. And so I, I am. I'm kind of pulling for the Bills today. I want them to send a message to the rest of the AFC. I want them to send a message to the rest of the league. This is good coaching. This has been good coaching. They were questioned at 6-2 and two when they went over to Cleveland and lost to Cleveland. Well, who have you really beat now? And now they're putting it together. You're 10-4. and four. You're one of the top quality teams in the AFC. You're 10-4. and four. You're a good, complete football team. I don't know how far they go in the postseason. Maybe it's a one and done, but this is a building a building block to what you're doing. The the tough years for Josh Allen, for the Bills, this is supposed to roll over into something hopefully very very good for season three. If you get him through season two and he's a okay, I think there's a lot of reasons for a Bills fan to be excited going into 2020 and and even the future from there. Because you've gotten through that first year where you're you're learning, that second year where, where defense has adjusted to you. Defense has adjusted to you now that you have to get over that. And then you go into year three, hopefully you know your stuff. You've figured out what to do during an offseason. you figured out what to do during the week during the regular season. And now it starts to really come together. There are guys who go above and beyond and they do it quicker. Lamar Jackson, obviously, right now. They're expected to go to a Super Bowl now. 
There's guys who are able to do it quicker. But usually that's the maturation prospect. And when I look and see what happened in the 2018 campaign or 2018 draft, where Baker Mayfield, year two, he's struggling. You have Sam Darnold, year two, he's struggling. Josh Rosen's not even on the conversation board, and I don't think it's even fair to have that conversation about him. Josh Allen, year two, really developing into his own, being taken care of. Lamar Jackson, an MVP candidate, taking care of himself, taking care of others, and being taken care of by his coaching staff and the rest of his team. You are seeing great coaching right there in the AFC raise its level to the top. I still don't think, though, that they're the most dangerous team in the AFC. You're going to look at Baltimore later on tomorrow. You'll look at San Francisco tonight. And there's teams in the AFC, but really in the entire NFL, that I think kind of go under the radar. Dallas is slop to me. Philadelphia is slop to me. I don't think either one of those teams want that division. And either one of those teams, I think, could very well get bounced in the first round of the postseason. It's an embarrassment that the other two teams in that division hand it to them week by week by week, and still neither one of those teams really want to take the division and go with it. And don't give me this beating of the Rams because we've seen that type of trash before to start off the season for the Cowboys. When I look at some of the teams that might be under the radar, might be really, really dangerous for the rest of this year, I can't help but look at a team that I know the rest of the NFL is talking about, the teams are talking about, but I don't know if we're talking about them enough. And it's the only team that's been able to get a lead and keep a lead. And if I break down the AFC, but really the rest of the NFL, it's the only team I think could get a lead and keep a lead and stay in front and find a way to beat the Baltimore Ravens before the Baltimore Ravens let you beat yourself. I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll tell you more about them when we come back. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Five burning questions in less than an hour. That and also sticking with the whole dangerous thing. He used to be Sean McVay. Now he's passed the torch to Lamar Jackson as the most dangerous man in the NFL. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Sunday, the NFL on CBS features teams making their final push towards the playoffs with many of you seeing a clash in Cleveland with the Ravens and the Browns or Pittsburgh against the Jets. It all starts with the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only CBS. One hour from now, I have cracked the code to Home Alone. The, the smash hit, Macaulay Culkin, Catherine O'Hara. I have, I have broken the code, and I understand now what that movie's all about. And at 1140, even though I shared this on Twitter a couple of days ago in a thread, I'm going to share this on air. Tom, prepare to have your freaking mind blown to smithereens. 855212. I can wait, Ken. Well, I got to do it. I, I'm going to do it in an hour. I'm not going to just give away what I can sell, babe. That ain't going to happen. Uh, Tom and I were talking off air. I'm going to do this at the end of the show even though I should probably do it right now and say the hell with it. Drew Brees, to me, is the most underrated quarterback in NFL history, and it's more than just quarterbacking. It's more than just what he did on the field. He's done on the field. It's not like he just quit. Uh, It's more than what he's done on the field. So I think he's the most underrated quarterback in NFL history, and if you were going to put a top five, you think about this right off the top of your head, and I know that we might be prisoners of the moment. You might be right about that. If I were going to do a top five quarterbacks right now, because this is going to matter when we start talking about the, the NFL Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because I think we're going to start to see quarterbacks go the same way as wide receivers where there is going to be a logjam of great big stats. And I think that championships might mean more important. Hardware might be more important. And I, I think that that will continuously push Drew Brees aside. And I think it's wrong. 
Because if I look at quarterbacks right now, in 20 years, I think he'll be underrated. Right now, you're going to think he's overrated because I look at Tom's the best. I still say Montana's two. I would still say that Peyton's three. I know. Stop, New England. Shut up. Your guy's number one. And then I would say it's arguable between Elway, Marino, Kelly, and I think Drew Brees is maybe ahead of all of them, of those groups. Like that top three to me is the same. Tom, Joe, Montana, Peyton Manning. And then after that, there's a mix where I, I think you could argue Drew Brees with any of them. Anybody out of that 83 class, anybody who came before him, anybody who's maybe going to come after him, maybe Patrick Mahomes beats them all by the time it's all said and done. More on them in a second. But I look at Drew Brees and I go, gosh, the, the stats are there, the play is there, everything with with the organization. I think he's the most underrated, and I think he's going to continue to be the most underrated in 20 years. We're going to look at him differently. He's going to slide because he's never been an MVP. He's never been that. He's won a Super Bowl. He hasn't been back to a Super Bowl since. So he has that one appearance in a Super Bowl that he won. There's nothing else that's there. I, I've never had to look at Drew Brees, the loser in, the, in that stage, like I have with the other guys. I, I think that he still, when I look above him and, and, and consider what he's accomplished, I think he very well could be fourth on that all-time list. 855-2124-CBS. I just mentioned Patrick Mahomes. I think that Kansas City is the most dangerous team in the NFL. I think they're easily the most dangerous team in the AFC. I think they're the most dangerous team in the NFL. We're talking a lot about Lamar Jackson, rightfully so. We're talking tons about Baltimore. We're either talking about Baltimore right now and how great they're doing and how wonderful things are, or we're talking about New England and how bad things are and how they're caught again with what looks to be some voyeuristic stuff going on about what they were filming and what they were really doing, the Jay Glazer stuff that they released last week where they had the video of that. That was some alarming stuff. It was ugly. I know the Patriots fans are going to say it's no big deal. Ultimately, it's not. If you go and you win a Super Bowl, they're not going to take it away from you. But it's also, why are you filming the Cincinnati Bengals when they're 1-12? Why do you need to do this? Is Tom really that messed up right now? Is he really that banged up right now? Is the rest of your team really not that good? Like, we just keep talking about New England. There's other teams. Why aren't the Rams kicking everyone's ass like they're supposed to? San Francisco's doing a great job, and here comes San Francisco. And keep looking out for Seattle. I almost wanted to say Seattle because it's almost become old hat for them. But I see what's going on in Kansas City. The injury with Mahomes, the return, how it looks like he hasn't skipped a beat, and I keep going back to that early matchup. And early season matchups are just that. Baltimore is not the same team that they were in that early season matchup against Kansas City. I get all that. Trust me, I do. I I hear you. But I see Kansas City, and I don't know if they're necessarily the same. And I think they're the one team that could get out and score and stay ahead of Baltimore. If you watch Baltimore games, it's some of the best complimentary football you're going to watch this year. Defense helping out offense. Offense taking care of it. Lamar Jackson, anytime you need him on a third and four, he's going to get you a first down. To to watch a team, to be a fan of a team playing against them is one of the most maddening things I think you're going to see because you can just look at number eight, and unless he just slips by any sort of a measure, it's just not fair. If you get the third manageable, he's going to get it. And even if it's third and, and long, he has a chance to get it. And now that you add some quarterbacking where he can throw it much better than he did last year, you better admit that. There's a lot of good things there. See, here we go, talking about how great Baltimore is. It's the one team when I see Kansas City 
that could get a lead and keep a lead against the Ravens. The off- the defense I question, and I think that that's not breaking any new news. The defense I certainly question. But offensively, they're the one team that I think can get out there, go through what they want to do in terms of unlocking Baltimore's defense, get a score, and if they can get one punt, I think they can get back down there and make it a game that's unreachable for the Baltimore Ravens. If you're a Ravens fan right now, you say that's flimsy, that's ridiculous. That's a good thing for you. It's the only thing I can really say. Because everybody else, I, I don't know if if New England has a shot or, or Buffalo or anybody else has a shot unless the Baltimore Ravens just wake up on the wrong side of the bed. They're that good. Just great all around. And the the one team that I thought last year, and I wanted to paint this picture for Tom last year and everybody, where I see what Kansas City has done is I wanted that moment where Patrick Mahomes takes that torch away from Tom Brady. That there is a natural, you've beat him, the young has slayed the old, he's better than those guys, and he can take off and do it. That's the one thing I was looking for in Kansas City. They weren't able to accomplish that last year. Came close, weren't able to accomplish it. And everybody wanted to bellyache because they didn't get a chance on overtime, and it's still it's on you to stop them. This year, I thought this year was the year. I did not see Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens being as good. And I still would say the Baltimore Ravens have the best shot to make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. It's some of the most complete football again I've ever seen. But when I see Kansas City play offensively, they're the only offense I could see that could get out there, take a lead, and be better than what Baltimore has been. More on Baltimore in a second. Jason, Birmingham, Alabama. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Roll Tide. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, listen, uh, and all the quarterbacks you named, I noticed we didn't hear Brett Favre in there. What do you, what, what's the story? What's the matter with Brett Favre? What why, 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 why Brett? You why got upset about Brett Favre? You got upset about that I didn't mention Brett Favre's name? I did. Not upset. I just noticed, you know, down the list, down the list, down the list. Montana, we were digging deep. I mean, this guy. Well, we, we're talking 46. about a top. We're talking about a top five. I, I, don't, I just don't know if Brett Favre's up there, Jason. He's a monster. <sighs> okay, let me think. How about, about this? this? How about All this? Right. How about this? Well, we're gonna do this now. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Jason, go ahead. Give me another name, or go ahead and tell me what you're gonna say. I was gonna say, try a list with people under six foot tall. I think that would be interesting because a lot of people you've named. You got Montana. You got Breeze. You've got. Uh, Seattle's guy, you've got Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, yeah, man. I mean, some of these. What's a Montana like six two? Montana wasn't that small. I don't. I don't know. What are you trying to say? Yeah, but Joe Montana was six two. How about the forty? The 49ers guy. Joe Montana, yeah, great. One of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game was six feet two (laughs) inches tall. Well, you crazy. A lot of guys with, with crazy intangibles that don't meet the standards seem to be getting drafted high. It seems to be a, a swing in what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Breeze. I think Breeze is number one on that list, in my opinion. Well, oh man, I didn't mean to do this, but away we go. Jason, thank you. <laughs> you got it. I love how he says thank you for the call. I love how he says at the beginning of the call, "Roll Tide." Just kidding. Eight five five two one two four CBS. The real oh, God, I didn't want to do it. I knew it would happen. Here they come. The reason I put Drew Brees up there is for all the reasons I wouldn't put Brett Favre up there. If Brett Favre had a little bit more Drew Brees, think about this for one second. If if Brett Favre had a little, 
a little Drew Brees in him. How many Super Bowls does Brett Favre win? Tom, answer, I know you just got off the phone. Answer the question. You heard me. Uh, probably at least one more, probably two more. Uh, exa- I said three. In the top of my, in my head, I said three. If Brett Favre has a little bit more Breeze decision-making, he wins. I think he might win a Super Bowl in Minnesota. I know he wins another Super Bowl in Green Bay. Yeah, we've forgotten I know he how wins critical one. his bad decision-making was to the actual, like, Exactly. Of winning. Exactly. However, there's also this part of it, Ken. He was the MVP for three consecutive seasons, and Drew Brees it, has never been the MVP. I so understand that. But when I look at when he was the most dominant player in the league. But you are right. You are right. And I'm not saying Brett Favre sucks out loud. Brett Favre is probably top 10. And maybe I'm being disrespectful to Brett Favre. I know we're big in Milwaukee, and I know we're big in Wisconsin, and I'm going to get a lot of hate out of that. I know, but when I think about the greatest ever, I have to consider what you did for the franchise, what you did for the fan base. He was great for the franchise, great for the fan base. Talking about Brett Favre here. What you were for the team, he was obviously a great leader. Those three things, he's great. Quarterbacking and talent, oh, that's that's right there too. But had he had made better decisions, and that's part. Of, that's why Peyton Manning to me is top three. Peyton Manning was one of the finest decision makers and field generals, game managers that you would ever see. Because now, if I say game manager, someone's going to call in and say, oh, that sucks. Game manager, no. Game manager is the best thing you could possibly call a quarterback. That, that's what wins you games. If you get great talent and you have a game manager, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. He revolutionized the pre-snap. Thank that's what you. you mean by game manager. Thank you. He revolutionized yes. the pre-snap. Yes, 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 yes. Knowing where people are at, knowing their tendencies, not just going there and figuring out what you can do, but what a defense is going to do against you. That's what puts Peyton Manning up there. Brett Favre, I don't know if he ever did that. Now, I'm sure he knew tendencies of certain guys. But when you look back through some of the mistakes, I don't think he's as good as a drill. 216 or 855 212 for CBS. Here they are. Anthony and Abilene, Texas, go right on ahead. Anthony. Notice that you left out. Hello, can you hear me? I got you. Go ahead. I noticed when you were naming quarterbacks, you left out Troy Eggman. Three Super Bowls, undefeated in those Super Bowls, and when he won the one with Barry Switzer, he was more of the coach than the coach. What more leadership do you need than what he had? All right, what about Terry Bradshaw then? Bradshaw's different, man. <laughs> Bradshaw's different. Oh, he's different, is he? <laughs> Anthony, thank you very much. That was a great call. Dwayne in Arkansas, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said so far, but I wondered where you put Steve Young on your list. Oh, geez. Where do you put Steve Young on your list? Top 10. That's kind of where I think, too. That guy got, well, it was an annuity. He got paid in two leagues, man. He got paid in the USFL and he got paid in the NFL. I don't know. I put Steve, I, I think I might put Steve Young. And, and let's see, now it's getting difficult. Now people are going to start taking it personally. Dwayne, thank you very much for the call. I would put Drew Brees probably in the top five. You mentioned Steve Young. Steve Young's top 10. Troy Aitman's top 10. But if you're just going to give me Super Bowls, all right, well, where, where's Terry Bradshaw? You got a lot of, you got a lot of players in this 10. Now, you all, well, uh, okay, well, damn it, here we go. 
Aikman can't be in the top ten. I'm sorry. Come on. Well, hold on He's the worst here. Quarterback in the Hall of Fame. Hold on. Well, then you, wait a minute. That's not true whatsoever. Have you? You want me to name a name that you're going to get really mad at and probably cut uh, me off and host the rest of the show by yourself? Oh. Oh, really? Uh, you want to talk about that guy? Oh, fine. All right. That guy yeah. is the worst, and Aikman exactly. is the worst. Okay, fine. If he's the second worst, that's okay. He's not a I'm top not say- 10 all-time. I'm not Troy saying Aikman. he's the greatest in the Hall of Fame. I'm saying that he's, he's – I don't know. He's a pretty damn good quarterback. Troy was a pretty damn good quarterback, he Tom. He's like the fifth the best player on his own offense. Damn it. I and wanted to talk a, about Lamar Jackson, and here we are. at those stats. We'll get to Lamar. You people – Damn it! I have an agenda that I have to push upon you people, and you're calling in with favorite quarterbacks because we rubbed up against Drew Brees some way, somehow. Steve Young is interesting, though. I think it's in the 10 to 15 range. I think Kurt Warner also I don't know, fits. man. Steve, There's I guess. a category of, like, like oh, unconventional God. career category. start talking about these quarterbacks, someone calls in with the Kurt Warner stuff, and away we go. Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer, too. I got it. Kurt Warner's pro- – damn it. Okay. <laughs> Tom – Joe Payton. <laughs> Tom Joe Payton. Drew John. Dan Jim. That's seven. Where's Brett Favre? Brett Favre. That's eight. Two more. Tom, say words, say I names. Mean, I mean, you lost me. There's too much math with the first names only. But I, I like Johnny Unitas too, and you, that'll probably make you really oh, upset. Jesus. I forgot about Johnny Unitas. <laughs> this is come well. Congratulations, you have ruined the hour. Eight five five two one two four CBS. One hour away. John Breach will join us from CBS. We'll talk NFL with him. Fine. Where does Drew Brees fit on the top 10? Go right on ahead. 855-2124-CBS. Also coming up, Lamar Jackson's the new most dangerous man in the NFL. It's not for the reasons you think. I swear to you. We're actually going to get to a point when we come back, I hope. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.